Hi, I'm Darren Steele, and this is Think Queerly, a thought leadership podcast that cultivates inclusion, understanding, and social evolution for a more accepting, equitable, and humane world. And on the show, I explore LGBTQ2S plus history, I dissect social and political issues, and I speak with queer leaders who are making a difference in the world. Now, today's episode, I'm speaking to the work I do as a mind mastery coach in which I empower LGBTQ plus creators and change makers with their self mastery to accomplish their goals, create a life they love and make a difference in the process. So I'm recasting or replaying an episode that I recorded for my Substack publication, which is called Queering Self Mastery. Listen in, discover more of what it's about. The distinction that I'll make for you here is that the Think Queerly podcast is going to really more highly and efficiently focus on interviews. Sometimes it will just be me, but I'm going to keep things as tight as I can to social justice issues, history, and interviewing thought leaders who are actively making a difference in the world for the health, the well-being, and the free expression of other LGBTQ plus individuals. Whereas my Substack Queering self-mastery is the practical, the how-to, the strategies for you as a creator and a change maker and as a queer person can look at what you can do to be the very best version of yourself, to show up with the greatest amount of potential to be able to accomplish what you want to achieve, but also to lead by showing up and being the difference in the world so that you can be the change and others will follow your lead. All right, enjoy the episode. Hi, I'm Darren Steele, and this is the inaugural podcast episode for Queering Self Mastery on Substack. So I want to give you some background about the reason for this publication, this platform, And what is Queering Self Mastery, why you should subscribe, what it's going to do for you, and how it's going to make a difference in your life. Now, I've noticed over the last year or so that, maybe even longer, the terms personal development, personal growth have almost become cliches. They are thrown around often very loosely, and there are some platforms where I have been reading a lot in the past, and what people would call personal development is really not what I would call it. It tends to be a little too simplistic, you know, think positive, you need to do your goals, here are the five steps you need to do to get to this place, and they're taking an approach of 500 to maybe 750 words. Now, that's not to say they're not well-meaning. And that's also not to say that there isn't value in that information, because sometimes an atomic idea, something very tight, very refined, one idea, only one topic, but so well explained, can be exactly what you need, especially if you perhaps already have a great understanding of that, and that 
bam, just sort of turns the dial on your understanding of that idea or concept, or it's just a, a succinct and clear explanation and introduction that opens the doorway for you to want to walk through and explore further. What I find to be the most problematic with the majority of personal development approaches or programs is they don't suggest or they don't offer the ways, the strategies to create lasting transformational change. And transformation is the key word, and I'm going to come back to that. You've heard the expression, the unexamined life is not worth living. And then what? Like, for me, that's absolutely pointless. If there's no clear intention or desire for the reason you want to examine your own life. So you've examined your life. We're done. Close the book. Move on. What? What? (laughs) If you get out of bed in the morning, go to the bathroom, have something to eat. Well, that's going to make you grow on a physiological level. If you then learn something new and have a conversation about it and try and discuss it with somebody else, well, you're going to develop intellectually and cognitively by working through that interesting idea or bit of news. We evolve by simply living life. But how well we manage the challenges and the opportunities or fully partake in the joys we experience in life is a very powerful indicator or marker of the level of your self-mastery and your self-awareness and what you've done with your self-awareness in order to achieve greater self-mastery. So that being said, Self-mastery for me more accurately communicates what intentional, like with meaning, with a reason, what intentional self-examination and possibly even combined with coaching or mentorship can offer anyone who wants to transcend the limits of what they think is possible or what they believe they can accomplish. Here's the thing. You know, I've had conversations with a close friend. I've had conversations with... I've had sessions with many very insightful, powerful coaches and mentors who've asked me a question or pointed something out to me, a pattern that I didn't see about myself, asked me a question that made me stop cold in my tracks and like (gasps) just inhale because it was an aha moment where I hadn't ever considered that. Or perhaps I was too afraid to really see that the truth of that question and to even dare to try and answer it because I would uncover something that might be uncomfortable and might necessitate not just change, but evolving to literally go from the caterpillar to the butterfly, because you can't go back from being a butterfly to a caterpillar, and that's transformation. Now, why queering self-mastery? Queering as an action is a, is a way to deconstruct how we operate within normative and traditional frameworks, as well as ethical concepts. So first, I'm not going to be talking about queer theory um, on, on the Substack on, in my articles. I'm coming from this idea of how we deconstruct, how we look at things differently, how we try and understand the systems, the frameworks, the logic that we've maybe used to apply or to create how-to processes for personal development. What's that connected to? Is it connected to 
a capitalist approach to success and failure? Is it connected to trying to outdo someone else or not? And then for ethical concepts, who we are as our best selves when we show up in the world, our values, our purpose, our mission is a kind of morality. And then how we interact with other people is a kind of ethics, a virtue ethics of how we treat and respect other people and the ways in which we lead ourselves such that other people see the goodness in us, the humility, the open-mindedness, the, the yielding flexibility in which we come to the world and can manage our behaviors, our emotions, and our responses. So my priority with my Substack newsletter articles, videos, and podcasts, all of which you're going to find on this platform, is to democratize my coaching knowledge and skills by publishing in, in one of various formats actionable, how-to, provocative to your thinking. So actionable, how-to articles and even guides. Like I just published something a week or so ago that's over 3,500 words about energy versus mind, your, your mind management versus time management. If you are willing to do the work, if there's something that you're struggling with, for example, going to this one article as an example, if you've been consistently trying to manage your time and you look at it from a different frame, this is the querying of time management, look at it from how you manage your energy. If you go through all the steps, all the parts of that particular article and apply one step at a time, one small step at a time, and notice the changes and notice the transformation after a month, after three months, you're going to notice the effect. You're going to notice your transformation. You're going to notice the improvement in the areas that you hadn't possibly consciously considered looking at to understand why maybe that was the system or the framework in your life that had been holding you back from the kind of success or progress that you wanted to make. So I want to make my coaching more accessible and to speak from a queer perspective. I can't give away everything for free. I can't give away one-on-one -on -one time for free, for example. And there's no substitute for working with me or any other coach one-on-one -on -one or with a mentor because you get the individual in the moment addressing whatever it is that's most important or challenging to you. And the better the coach and the, the time that's spent understanding and listening, the more revealing the potential question that that coach can ask of you that allows you to discover more about who you are. And then the next step in great coaching is coming up with the strategies that you yourself create. But it's just the guidance to get those strategies to increase, to increase, to develop your self-mastery. So there's many reasons why you might not hire a coach. You might not have the money. You might not have the time. You might never have done it before. And you're afraid. So coming back to what I just said, if you're passionate about personal transformation and learning how to show up authentically, vulnerably, and powerfully to make a difference for the common good, then this 
Querying Self Mastery newsletter is absolutely for you because you are going to get tremendous value from the content so long as you put it into practice. So self-mastery in the fewest amount of words as a definition, self-mastery is the choice to know who you are and to manage how you are being. Self-mastery is the choice to know who you are and to manage how you're being, how you are being, right? The greater your self-mastery, the easier it is to show up in the world and to be able to handle all the things that confront you, that challenge you, because you will be more prepared to respond instead of react. You will have a greater capacity to help instead of feeling defensive. You will have a greater ability to be flexible or yielding in the moment to offer compassion and to lead with humility, to support someone else, to lead alongside them without dictating or telling them what they need to do. Use a metaphor of the sculptor. So have you ever seen, you know, you've gone to an art gallery maybe, you've seen a sculpture made from stone or wood or like a bust, a head, let's say. Think of a Roman emperor, for example, Caesar or Nero, whoever. And it's a perfect likeness. It's unbelievable how accurate and real and natural this appears. Maybe it's an animal. That sculptor is an artist, and they've attained mastery of their craft by practicing their skill with patience and diligence over years and decades hundreds, thousands of hours. They approach that uncarved piece of wood, which is the idea, the potential, or the untouched stone with an image in their mind, and then they go to work, slowly cutting and scraping and chipping away at the various bits of that block to reveal the beauty beneath. And that's very much what self-mastery is like. We chip away or we add to, we refine and we polish, polish. We practice and we implement our skills over time. In the beginning, I remember when I was first introduced to personal development, uh, Tony Robbins and Jim Rohn and just reading books. And yeah, it feels kind of embarrassing to think back 25 years almost ago and where I was at that time, but how much I have evolved, how much I have transformed, how it's impossible for me to go backwards because I have transformed that much that my past is not recognizable in the sense of I can't go back into those shoes, but I see where I've come from. So our self-mastery is our truth that lies beneath the surface of all our reactions and triggers to what we experience in life. The self-mastery is the better measured response in alignment with our self-awareness and in alignment with what creates the greatest communion with other people in that moment of understanding 
and acceptance for the situation as is. Self-mastery is just as much a part of life as life itself is a process. It's about developing your humane potential. Because as you master new ideas and concepts and ways of understanding what makes you who you are, you then show up in the world with greater confidence and contentment and humility because you no longer feel like you have to defend your ego or your position or your beliefs. You can be so contented with the mastery of who you are and your emotional state and your intellectual ability that it doesn't matter what other people think. You can simply be. And yet, it's not a paradox, but it's just truth. We can only go so far on this path alone. You know, it's challenging to, to change the system from within the system. And we ourselves are a system. So the way we think and our behaviors are part of our own system and of how we show up in the world. That goes back to this idea of working with a coach or doing a deep dive into one of the articles on, on my blog to make the changes in your life to see the things that you might not have seen for yourself because either you weren't aware of them as concepts or ideas that you could apply to create transformation or improvement in your life or you've been glossing over. And that's not a bad thing. It's just how we are as human beings. We will try and keep things common, status quo in our own lives, by hopefully having everything remain relatively the same, because that creates prediction and response. Then we know that this situation is going to make this happen, therefore we can respond in this way. And that's basic neurobiology. So I believe the greatest expression of self-mastery is the personal responsibility to show up in the world as your best self and to lead with humility and open-mindedness, being the change you want to see in the world. That, for me, is the ultimate form of leadership. Self-mastery leads to leadership, and we lead ourselves such that other people see us being the change that they too may wish to see in the world. And because we cannot change other people, these other people may see us, see what they want to be in themselves, and may follow our lead. They will be inspired through the evidence, through the actions of who we are and how we have mastered ourselves. So to bring this up back, so to bring this up, to wrap this up and come back to queerness. As an LGBTQ plus person, showing up in the world as your authentic self is an act of vulnerability, bravery, courage, defiance, and pride. Some of us have the privilege and the power and the capacity to be out in public. Others of us, it's best to try and protect ourselves because of where we live, the environment in which we find ourselves. It could be family. It could be a country with anti-LGBTQ laws. 
But understand that there is no status quo, there is no normal without this mutually arising polarity of otherness or queerness, thus queering self-mastery. You don't have to be queer to follow along on my content here, but I will definitely be thinking from a disruptive or a questioning standpoint of norms. And if you see something that you think is a little too normative, bring it up. Ask me. Make a comment. So the gorgeous irony and the paradox of anything that's labeled normative are the beliefs about the proper order of things. But the proper order of things can only exist in a relationship with things that are not ordered to opposites or polarities. You cannot have the one without the other. Pun intended. You can't have the one without the other. So I believe that our collective queer self-mastery and daring visibility are the keys to greater awareness, connection, acceptance, and understanding, in particular with those individuals who do not currently believe in our inherent dignity or value to humanity. We have to, to our best ability and situation-dependent, show up as the best version of who we are to lead with self-mastery, to demonstrate how being who we are is an example for the change we want to see in the world. And that comes from a place of love, that comes from a place of acceptance, that comes from a place of understanding, which, when we lead from that place, isn't so much confrontational to the person who isn't understanding, who is thinking through a single idea or an ideology, but it becomes very difficult for them to not experience some form of compassion for who we are. It's not always going to be the case, but that is certainly my hope and my attention. The more of us who become better at managing ourselves in our self-mastery so that as LGBTQ individuals, as queer leaders, we are able to show up more confidently to deal with the various challenges that exist in our world today. Thank you so much for listening to this very first episode, and I invite you to do one of the following. When you appreciate and get value from a podcast, a video, or something I've written, please like the post. That actually helps algorithmically on Substack for other people to find my messaging, my work. Share it with someone you care about or on Twitter or on LinkedIn or on Facebook. Even more engaging, engage, ask a question, leave a comment, because like I said earlier, collectively, our queer self-mastery can make a difference in the world. And I would love to know how I can help you, how I can serve you, how I can understand your needs and speak to what it is you might be challenged with or challenged by 
so that you can take the next step in your own transformation and self-mastery. Thanks for listening.